Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Our guest today is Sarah Condella. She is the Executive Vice President of Human Resources at Exact Sciences. We are proud to have Exact Sciences as an ACHE premier corporate partner. Our premier corporate partners play a vital role in supporting ACHE's vision and mission to advance healthcare leadership excellence. Now, Sarah joined Exact Sciences in 2012 and has served in a variety of roles with increasing responsibility, including Senior Vice President, Human Resources, Vice President, Senior Director, and Director. Prior to joining Exact Sciences, Sarah served as a Human Resources Manager at GE Healthcare and as a Manager and Project Director at the University of Wisconsin Survey Center. She holds a bachelor's degree and a master's of business administration from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. With that introduction, Sarah, welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's start with your career journey. How did HR become an area of focus for you? Well, I didn't initially know I wanted to be in HR. I have a psychology degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Go Badgers. Uh, and I thought I'd work with children. So much of my focus was on uh, the child uh, child emotion research side. And I had some business classes, but um, but really was focused on the children. I continued to work for the university after college. And um, while in survey research, I had the opportunity to lead teams, work across very diverse teams. And I realized I was really interested in what made teams tick. So I had the opportunity to go back to school and get more of that foundational business learning and specialize in human resources during my MBA program. From there, I went to GE Healthcare, and that's where I had really my first experiences um, learning the influence and and, um, some of the very relevant themes from child emotion research to uh, workplace dynamics um, using that psychology degree as well as the HR foundation I had. Very cool. So you were just talking about what makes teams tick. And let's talk about that as the EVP of human resources, important role, obviously, in developing and leading an engaged workforce. So what are some of the specific ways you would say the company engages and ultimately retains its staff? Yeah, well, I don't think it's just one thing, but um, we really focus on three things. First, seeking and listening to feedback, defining core values and expectations and recognition. And I can dig into each of those a little bit more. First, the seeking and listening um, and acting on feedback. I believe you break culture by not having an openness to um, learning what's working well and and what's not. We do this in a lot of ways. Um, Gallup surveys, we use the Great Places to Work survey. So um, seeking broad feedback across your organization in an anonymous way is one of those ways to get that feedback. Um, We even have teams uh, and leaders go out and do coffee chats or listening sessions to ask more specific questions in a smaller team setting on what's going well, what we need to improve. We've created leadership forums to talk about that, those experiences, take those insights and say, all right, we we have to work on something here. How are we going to solve this? Um, I host virtual and in-person coffee chats with my team and I ask three specific questions. What's working well? What can we improve and what suggestions do you have? You're closest to this, so help me understand how we can solve it. And even in my one-on-one meetings, you'll get a theme of three here. (laughs) I ask three questions. How are you really genuinely? How are you doing? What are your priorities and how can I best support those priorities right now? So that's, that's the listening and seeking feedback part. Second, defining core values and expectations 
it's it's one thing to, to expect people to operate a certain way. It's more important to spell out what you're looking for so we can hold people accountable and you know what to model for those behaviors and then stick to it. It's not only how we behave, but it's how we measure um, how we're behaving. And we learned we kind of had a gap in spelling out those expectations about three years ago. We've had core values that have stayed constant with the company over a decade, but we realized that what makes people really want to stay with the organization most of the time is how their leader makes them feel, how the, the type of team environment that the leader creates. And so with that much of someone's engagement, depending on the leader, we realized we didn't really do a good job of spelling out the expectations of leaders. So we bring leaders together every year to reinforce the behaviors. We've spelled out those expectations and we learn from each other on how we can continue to improve as, as a whole to help drive that engagement in the organization. Finally, uh, recognition. So we celebrate success and recognize teams and individuals in the way they like to be recognized. And that second part is critical. If you wanna make someone feel like you see them as more than an employee, but a human being, that means you learn what makes them tick. It's important for us to build those opportunities for connection and recognition and the things we do. It doesn't always have to be the big milestones that you're celebrating. It could be a fantastic meeting or a great insight that someone brought or the willingness to share feedback and, and state a brutal fact that might otherwise not have been spoken about. So we've built some programs to help bring that recognition out and enable teams to do what makes sense for their employees uh, to feel recognized. So there's a lot of things you can do to focus on Engage. I don't think those are the only things, but by seeking and listening to feedback, defining core values and expectations, and then recognizing teams, I think that gets you a lot of the way there. Well, just listening to you now, it's obviously no surprise that Exact Sciences has been named numerous times as one of the best places to work in the healthcare injured industry. So if you wouldn't mind, and you just did a great job of kind of detailing some of those, those advice options for getting uh, employees engaged, but how can healthcare leaders maybe develop a best-in-class culture in their own organizations? Like, what are some of those takeaways? And you did a great job breaking some of that down, but maybe some other things that that will help them when it comes to creating that culture. Yeah, I think there could be a temptation to look at those companies who are recognized and just try to copy what they do and say, oh, this, th this is right. what yeah. company X or ABC does. And we should just put that in place. And I think what works at some companies may not immediately fit in other organizations. So you really have to know your team and your culture. And it has to tie to your mission um, and, and what you're out to achieve as a team. I don't think there's a specific recipe, but it's kind of the alchemy of how all of the pieces work together that can make you a great place to work. Um, the secret, though, I think is to listen, think, plan, and then act. So a lot of times you get a piece of feedback and you're like, all right, I'll create the solution to that. But really make sure you're listening, not just to an echo chamber, but listen to a broad, a broader audience or, or get multiple data sources to, to think about. And then really take time to plan. How are we going to respond to this feedback? Is this something that is important to us to address? Or are there things that are more pressing that we really want to prioritize? And then most importantly, communicate what you heard, what you're doing about it, and then demonstrate the result. I've also learned that if you, um, you know, doing surveys is one thing, getting all the insights is another, but communicating what you do with those insights is even more important. That's what helps build trust that you're actually, you care and that you do want to listen to the team. So I think listening, thinking and planning and then acting and communicating after that is really important. Yeah, I love how you started that answer because I think so many times organizations will look to replicate what's working and it just might not be what's best for them. So let's flip it a little bit. We've been talking about 
internal, but what about external now? So when we're creating this world-class and we've got great company culture going, what does that end up doing to the customer experience? Well, I've grown up, I, I think, believing that happy employees make happy customers and vice versa, that when you know you are playing a role in delighting customers, that adds to the experience you have as an employee at a company. Um, many of our team members talk with and interact with our customers every day, and they hear what's working. They hear the frustrations. They hear the things that confuses people or or um, what is preventing people from being delighted by your, your product or your service. Um, we need open channels to get that feedback to the teams responsible for the things that are contributing to those experiences so we can always act on what makes the customer experience better. Again, that's empowering to people to know that what I'm hearing and seeing um, is going to be heard and listened to. And when you're passionate about the customer and improving that experience, you're demonstrating passion for the employees who are delivering on that experience as well. We empower our team members to bring those ideas forward and suggest improvements in their day-to-day -day work. Measuring the improvements is also important. So just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at a certain problem might not work. You want to understand what's working so you can also uh, strengthen that. We um, communicate the, the ratings, the customer um, satisfaction scores and those types of um, measures to our employees so they feel part of that solution and feel part of and can see the trends when we're instituting or bringing in the um, suggestions and new solutions. So I'd say to summarize that really, it's it's listening to those who are experiencing the customer experience or who are closer to it, measuring it, and then communicating what you're doing to improve it. Uh, one last question while we have you, because as you know, there've been so many transitions in the last couple of years, lots of shifts in how we connect. How can leaders adapt and work with the changes in workplace dynamic and culture as we still continue to sort of reshuffle the deck a few times and try to figure out what could work for everyone? Yeah, gosh. Um, again, I don't feel like I'm an expert here either, and, and we're learning as we go. Um, but we certainly learned some things that we had to change or do differently because of the, the new ways of connecting and this, the dynamic in the workplace. And that's about our communication channels. Um, we really uh, were forced to amp up how we build connection with people, especially when you're um, encouraged to maintain a healthy and healthy distance in space or potentially working um, across Zoom like you and I are talking today. Um, so that changed the way you just build human connection. Mm -hmm. And it also changes the way you keep people feeling connected to a greater team besides the the one-on-ones or the, the direct people that they're interacting with. How do I feel part of the organization and, and what our mission and purpose is? Um, the other thing I think we've really had to emphasize, and I'm talking about this more um, with our teams, is the, the focus on mental health and well-being and continuing to be sure that we're highlighting the importance of um, mental health and overall well-being and the resources and initiatives and what we're doing about it to ensure that we can help our employees and listen to the fact that there's burnout, there's like things just aren't working, there's inflation, there's pressures, there's things that are impacting people outside of work that can't possibly be left at the door when they come into work. So how are we first acknowledging that and then also building and, and bringing the benefits that can help um, help employees that need those resources? Yeah, a lot of listening seems to be the key to all of this here. So uh, you have been listening to Sarah Condella. Uh, she is the Executive Vice President of Human Resources at Exact Sciences. Uh, we thank Exact Sciences for their support as an ACHE Premier Corporate Partner. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much again for joining us and sharing all of those insights today. Thank you so much for having me.
And we thank you for listening. As always, we'll catch you next time right here on the Healthcare Executive Podcast from ACHE. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast, brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ache.org.